0: Welcome to the Working Dog Depot podcast with your hosts, Rich Harden and Howard Young. All right, Howard Young, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing very well. I can tell that you're a little under
1: the weather. Absolutely. So I'm going to apologize now to anyone listening. uh, A little bit of a Bug going on, so my voice is a little, is hurting a little bit tonight. So I'm going to apologize for that. The uh, the bourbon so far has not fixed uh, the hoarseness,
0: but I bet it will.
1: I'm hoping. I'm hoping.
0: All right. Good deal. So tell us about our guest tonight.
1: Well, you know, uh, Eddie Westcott, uh, he's a longtime police canine handler. I've known Eddie for quite some time, and some of you may have been around or been to some of his training for his attic deployment system. So Let's let just let Eddie introduce himself like always. So, without further ado, welcome to the show, Eddie Westcott.
2: Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it, guys. How are you doing?
1: doing well, you sir. Now?
2: Good. I I didn't bring me bourbon. Uh, I I didn't get the <laughs> memos.
1: That's all right. That's all right.
0: I'm doing I'm doing it straight on. So. So I've had the privilege of knowing Eddie as well. I can't remember exactly when we met, but we met at that infamous Sevierville seminar, uh, a number of years ago, and been kind of staying in contact ever since. We fortunately run into each other at some of these conferences and get a chance to catch up and always take a little time to catch up, which has been fun.
2: Always, It's always great. And I think it was, uh, I, I met you before, or it may have been at, uh, I think it, maybe it was uh, the Sevierville uh, seminar, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that's where I met you and Tim. Right, and, uh, right. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Man, it was uh, that was really good. I was really really impressed with the dogs and and and, and Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> what a great dog. What a great dog.
0: Definitely was a good dog. We you
2: know,
1: uh that that seminar has brought a lot of people together. Too bad to you know, we can, we've talked about it several times, maybe one day that'll we can get that back up and running.
0: Well, you know, I I think that, you know, Eddie Helton pretty much started that and, and I don't want to say that the guys dropped the ball when he retired, but I think a little bit of that passion left when he left. And uh, and of course they had a change in chief and they also COVID hit and it just kind of really it really put the, the skids on the seminar. Yeah.
1: That's too bad. It was a good time. I always enjoyed it. It's like old home week. Saw a lot of the same guys over and over and over again.
0: Maybe it'll we'll kick them off again, you know? Well, I, I did speak with one of the guys, and he he talked about this through text, that they that said, don't give up on us. It's not necessarily dead, but we'll see. Okay. Of course, my my local agency has kind of recently put some pressure on me to kind of pick up the torch to do that here. Of course, we don't have, you know, this is not Pigeon Forge or Sevierville, Tennessee, but I think we could we could definitely have the facilities to do it maybe on a smaller scale. Sometimes that seminar got incredibly large, like 70 dog teams is the, the most I remember, which is crazy.
1: It is, I was I was there for that. That was big,
2: <laughs> it was <laughs> it's, big. It's a a, that's a lot, you know, I mean, it's a, that's a lot.
1: It is a long day, especially, you know, that that always had, you know, five or six venues going at one time and it was still just, every venue was just backed up that way that year. But, yeah. all right, well, Eddie, I always ask the standard question, what got you into canine? Peek that in. <laughs>
2: I guess uh, back in 19, 1999, I watched one of our uh, dogs in Louisville. this a guy named Kevin Wood, and I, I assisted him on a, a, a building search, and watched one of the dogs work. And I was just blown away by, you know, the control he had on uh, on his dog. His dog's name was Friday, and he uh, the amount of control uh, and, and just how that dog. Worked that building. Uh, I stayed with Kevin uh, the whole, you know, the whole time he did the building search. when I came out. He was. Uh, I said, "Man, I'm just blown away. I've never seen. I, at, at that time, I've been on ten years, haven't seen a dog work, you know." And uh, you know, Kevin said, "Come on out on Wednesday nights and uh, and, and come out here and start decoying, and uh, you know, learn a little bit about it. And then, uh, if you're interested, uh, you'll do better on the trial. You know, we had we had trials where we would have you know, thirty people show up. Wow." for one or two positions, you know, and just, so Kevin said, come on out and, and um, learn how to decoy, you know, learn how to do this and you'll be more, you know, it, it's crazy. When, when we have people come out to, uh, to decoy and they've never done it before and they they show up on the tryout day and they've never caught a dog or anything like that or done any muzzle work or anything, you know, it's intimidating, you know? So I was really fortunate to be able to get off on Wednesday nights and, uh, you know, uh, just get my butt kicked by these dogs, and, and get better at it. You know, and it turned out that I got me and another guy, Rick Hine, came in first and second when we had the trial. So uh, uh, that was back in '99, and and uh, it's a be- that's the that's the best job in the police department. I've been on SWAT and everything, and and, and you know, man,
0: canines uh, where it's at, and uh, it, it's been a blast. That's awesome. I do, I really do think that that it definitely gives you a leg up as a candidate. I, it is hard to fathom coming out having never done it and expecting to do well. That's just—I think that kind of speaks to the the mindset that oh, you're just letting the dog bite you. Well, there's you know it's not rocket science like some people would want you to think, but it's there's also a lot of moving parts, and I think that for some people they have to get past this notion that this dog's actually biting them, even though you're fully protected. It takes a little bit. It can get in your head a little bit, and in order to be an effective decoy, you you really get need to you just need to be really relaxed and not concerned about the fact that this dog is biting you and and how to how to read the dog. We talk about that a lot, and and how to you know apply pressure, take pressure away. And if you've never caught a dog, you can't do any of those things. You're just you're just dead weight. I agree. Uh, you know, it's
2: what, you know, another thing is uh, you know the, the the way you react to the dog uh, biting you. You know that that that's that's you know the screaming that you do or or how your your voice uh, inflection on that. You know, if you get somebody, you know, and it, it's it's like a it, you can kind of tell who's going to do okay when it's when they do start training when they actually do make it to the unit. Because you know, if they don't have, if they're a good boy, good boy, and that's it, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have that inflection up and down. Sometimes they don't make good handlers, you know. If you know, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of that, you know. But that that kind of that kind of um, vets them out, you know. You kind of vet some of the guys that might not be as good, you know. And right. it doesn't make any sense what we're asking them to do either. Hey, go run down there and let this dog beat the crap out of you. You know, I mean, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's not a natural act, you know. So.
0: Yeah. And to want it, you know, you got to have a little screw loose, I guess, you know, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think you do. But I can remember the first time I saw somebody do that or take a bite from a dog. It was not in a suit, but it was a sleeve, and I thought, "Oh man, I got to do that. That mm-hmm. looks like something I really want to do." <laughs>
1: yep. Well, Eddie, if you can recall in 1999, what did that tryout look like? Because we've had <clears throat> several people on that talked about trying out, but no one ever really talked about the process. What? What'd that look like?
2: Uh, Let's see, so we would do a uh, stakeout. We would have the dog on a stakeout line and we would have to have the uh, the candidate come in with a, a bite sleeve. Uh, step in, deliver the sleeve, uh, give the dog a good back and forth fight, and, uh, and, and you know, try, again, getting his voice up, you know, to where when the dog would pump up, he would scream louder and all that stuff and, and really build that dog up. And then on everything we did is, is we, we rely a whole lot on following the directions that you're giving for the exercise because, well, I'll stay on this. I'll stay on this task. We'll, we'll release the dog. I mean, we'll uh, release the bite and then back him out. And then we'll uh, uh, do a a, uh, bite suit runaway. Uh, So you'll have to run and uh, we back up. We would do a muzzle runaway. So, you know, you would have to... Agitate the dog for a few seconds, you know, 10 seconds, whatever it is, and then you would run away. And as the dog closed, you know, we would ask you to run faster so you would meet that dog's speed. You know, don't go slow and get hit by a 35 mile an hour dog. You know, bump your speed up and then protect your, put your arm behind your back so you don't take a a blast to the kidneys and then give them a good ground fight. Let that dog win and pound and keep advancing. And then once it's done, you're going to run to a, a predetermined point and watch the dog the whole time until the dog is put away back in the car. Then we would uh, do a, a bite suit runaway with the same directions, with the same instructions, and then uh, then we would do a bite sleeve runaway, and, uh, and that one really tightens people up, you know. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's If you haven't done it before, you know, you, you'll end up stop, coming to complete stop and catching the dog, you know, and you'll lose points for that, you know. Usually the dog knows, what, what the sleeve is, and, he, and he's able to go after that on that particular exercise. And, uh, you know, it's usually if the dog hits it and you weren't expecting it as much, it's usually a good delivery, you know. And I was really impressed with people that when they got – if they got knocked down, a lot of times they got knocked down, if they stayed on the ground and fought that dog on the ground and brought the dog on top of them and things like that, uh, let that dog dominate them. That, I always thought that was pretty impressive, you know, when, when mm-hmm. they would do that on their own. So, But that's it. And they um, and then everything, like I said, going, going running after the dog is taken off, running to cover, keeping an eye on the dog in case the dog slips the collar or something happens and he breaks away and there's other people out there. You have to be the – you know the rodeo clown. You know so, you know a lot of that. Uh, the and that 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 actually uh, leads into you know the class. Uh, so you, we want to make sure that you can follow directions and know why those directions are important. Oh, there's a, a interview. There's a, a, a interview when we look at your. You know some of your use to force things where you know if you've got we used to call them blue forms. You know, and uh, you know if you're we don't want to say it heavy handed. You know, but if you've you know had too many use the force forms out here, you know, and that's kind of, that may be an indicator that either you're an aggressive policeman or, you know, I don't know, you know, but uh, we try to vet that out and
0: get the best candidate. Anything that related to physical fitness or endurance or anything like that? We'd have them uh, do a, a mile
2: and a half run in a certain time. Uh, we'd have them do push ups, uh, sit ups, we'd actually have them do a dog carry where you would have to pick the dog up to pick the dog up and uh and carry him i want to say 50 yards and uh wow. and then be able to put him into a, into the back of a police car you know uh so it, we try to keep it as, as you know real as possible we want to get that cardio up but we want to make sure that you're physically uh able to to uh, uh you know to pick that dog up and handle things you may run into you have to go over a six, the six foot fence obstacle. You know, we make you climb over that, you know, cause you know, you, you're usually, once you get the dog over the fence, you know, you got to get over there too, you know? So that's what, that's what it used to be. Now we've uh, gone away from picking the dog up to actually picking up an 85 pound weight, a uh, bag of sand, you know, or something like that. That's they say uh, about 80 pounds, but uh, we got to make sure that you can do that, you know, because you may be lifting the dog up or lowering the dog down to somebody, and uh, you know, you got to – or picking your own dog up to put them back in the car if they get injured, you know. So,
1: yeah. Well, well, from the process of uh, getting picked, what was it like getting on the team?
2: You know, it's funny that um, what I've seen over my career, you know, with with canine, with canine used to be the, the a, a just such, and Rich, you know, this a, a coveted position in the police department. Like, you know, I mean, like I said, we had you know 30 or 40 people that came out to try out for two positions that are open, you know, and, and it was really, really, you know, good competition. And uh, now it, it just seems like people can take it or leave it. And I just don't get it. You know, I mean, I, when I went to canaan I re- I retired out of K nine. and I spent 13 years there and then five more years, you know, at, at the, uh, the department I'm with now. So I just couldn't, you know, I just getting that, you know, and 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 being in that position, and uh, you know, always being first to go in somewhere, you know, uh, a building search or do a track for you know bad guys, you know, that was, I would say that's as prestigious to me as as getting on the SWAT team when I did. You know, I mean, I, I was like, man, this is really, uh, I loved it, man, and, and and I just see now, especially when I see, you know, other departments uh, where people can just kind of take it or leave it. And I just don't understand that mentality, you know, but I've seen it with our department. I've seen it with, uh, when I worked for Louisville, as a, you know, uh, s- some people would come in and they would uh, they, they would stay a couple of years and then they would leave. And I'm, I just don't get it. But, you know, that could be through pr- promotions or whatever too. But, you know, most of the guys that I, that I came in with when you got there, you stayed there and, and uh, you know, you worked several dogs and, and that was where, that was your, that you,
0: you stayed there until you retired, you know. It's funny you say that because I, you know, I'm about to, I'm approaching 30 years of doing this and some things are very cyclical, you know, that there will be times that there appears to be a, a good bit of interest in, in a position. And then there are times that it's kind of like we scratch our heads and think, gee, who would be, who's going to be a viable candidate? Of course, we're talking about agencies that aren't particularly large, so so nowhere near as large as Louisville. But I think that there are so many factors that play into that, and some of that has to do with overall morale. Some of it has to do with uh, the general feeling of the administration at the time. You know, it's it's no secret that there are administrators, and when I say administrators, I'm meaning supervisors like sergeants and lieutenants and captains that have— preconceived ideas or negative ideas about canine, and, and that sometimes kind of spills down and creates a, I don't want to say it creates a negative image, but it, it does not create a, an atmosphere where guys are chomping at the bit to get in. But what's really interesting is I've looked particularly at Shelby PD is that there are a number of handlers now that have retired within the last couple of years that were once canine. And if you look at the guys that have done well in their careers, they've all been in canine. <laughs> and it, it makes me feel particularly good because I've I don't feel responsible, but I feel like we've we've invested and spent quality time in their lives that that they've carried with them as they've moved forward. I think that if you look at canine and you realize that it's an, it's like any sport from the perspective that you have to invest in yourself. And you have to invest in the time that it takes to make a good product. That those are just kind of life experiences that are just really important to take with you, regardless of what you're doing, whether you're in canine or not. Is the learning how to invest in yourself and then invest in the process in order to become successful. Yeah. That- Go ahead. No, is that, do you
2: think that's accurate? 100%, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna drop a name here that Rich will know, Bill Christofek. Uh, you know, he, he knows Christo, he, he was my lieutenant, and he came, he, he was a dog handler, you know, and, and he came up through the canine unit and, and eventually became my boss over canine. And, uh, and, and there was nobody better to work for and defend your actions and know what he's talking about, you know, to, to have been there and worked a dog, worked several dogs and, uh, and, you know, for him to be there and actually know what this job's all about. The worst thing you can have out here is an administrator that has never done this job. And, you know, they want you to change, you know, certain things about your training because of something that's happened out here. And they, they expect you, they think it's like changing, you know, Hey, we're going to put Bosch, you know spark plugs in this car instead of champion or something like that you know they, they they want you they think that you know hey, we we i want you to do this and you do it and then it's it, it's just they think it's that easy and they don't realize that you know the steps you have to take to to add something or you know uh, or change something when it comes to these uh with with this dog training you know mm-hmm. uh, so having having you know christo out there you know with us as a former former dog handler you know he 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 could go there and be our voice and that's but again like you were saying howard you know the society now i mean with all the things with uh with police work now you know you get a dog bite out here you know who wants that extra you know headache of you know being scrutin you know uh, looked at when it comes to uh what you did on the street with that dog you know i mean it's it's just it's going to happen, you know, and, and even if you're 100 percent right, you know, it's uh, it, it still gets looked at. So many people, it's just not uh, some people just don't want that or not ready for that, you know.
0: Sure. Yeah. I think things are heavily scrutinized for sure. And I think that it's probably well, it is it's dangerous to operate in fear of every decision you make. That's that's what leads people to freeze
1: up. Right. Right. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more on that. And but, you know, backing up just a second, Howard, to your point of your guys making it through the ranks, do you think, you know, because there's there's guys that ride around with a dog in the back of their car, and then there's canine officers, right? So right. it takes a lot of work to be a good canine officer, a lot of stuff that you have to do on your own. Do you think that self-motivation is one thing that helps those guys rise to the ranks?
0: It does. I th- And I think the guys that were former athletes, that comes a little bit easier just because they, they understand that you practice, you know, and your, your coach isn't there to entertain you. He's there to help you get better. And a lot of times I've kind of looked at my role as kind of that of a coach though. Sometimes we, you know, it's much more involved than that there. We've joked about the things that you, you get involved in because you are becoming involved in their lives to a large respect because you're, you know i'm seeing some of these guys once twice a week talking on the phone texting texting is you know, the more common way that we communicate nowadays but i'm always pleased when somebody just picks up the phone and, and calls me but yeah i think you you definitely have to understand that it's an investment of time but yeah there i going back to what you were i think there are guys and i hate to say it like this but there are handlers we've had that they didn't they didn't leave a mark what i mean by that is that i you know it's, I have to look back and think, yeah, they were in canine, but did they did they really ever do anything? and then there are some that are like, oh my gosh they they just were always they were always into something very cool well, Eddie, I know that you know you re- used to mention that you
1: retired out of lmPD as canine and went on to their next department for a few years, but I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the attic system that you uh developed so here's a little bit through your time in canine and looking at those issues or problems is this what helps you. Start this company?
2: Absolutely. I've done it. You know, the when I came on, we, you know, would stack furniture up or whatever. If somebody was hiding in an attic, and everybody seems to do that now, they hide themselves in attics. They hide, you know, dope and money and everything else in in, in attics. And uh, you know, I remember back in 1989 when I started policing. You know, crawling through crawling through an attic with a revolver and a and a uh fl- a mag light, looking for a murder suspect. You know, and that guy he ended up uh, uh killing himself. He just killed his wife. He ended up killing himself. And me being a young dumb officer, I'm crawling through there. He really wouldn't hesitate to kill me. You know, and you know we just get lucky. You know, it's just it just wasn't the day that that was going to happen for you know several times. You know so you know like i said we would stack furniture on stack furniture up and climb on top of that or try to get the dog up there uh you know we've picked uh moved refrigerators underneath attic holes to get the dog up there in and out you know so you should be very innovative using uh a table you know to have a dog lay on a table a a little a little um coffee table or something and to be able to lift them up you know, so we've I've been through the gambit as far as how to do these things, you know, and I've done them all. And this last time, you know, I've been very fortunate uh, with my department. Now I've got a great chief, and uh, the first thing he asked me to do was go to. Uh, he said, "What do you want to do, as far as can? What do you want to do?" And I and I had heard about uh, skids with uh, Brad Smith, you know, and and so I asked him. I said, "You know, can I go to skids?" when they come here, I'd like to, I'd like to know, you know, being a SWAT guy and being in can, you know, there's always that, there's always that so I need to be in the front. No, you need to be in the front, you know, and everybody wants to be up in the front. So in, in taking this class, you know, we kind of learned to, you know, use a uh, canine and SWAT together, but where this, uh, Where I'm going with this, three o'clock in the morning, I get a phone call from a neighboring agency. They said that a guy uh, was wanted. Uh, They've been chasing him for a long time. He went into an apartment building, kicked the door open, went into the closet, climbed up into the attic, and disappeared in this in this apartment building. So when I went to Skids, I had a harness and I had 50 feet of rope. So when I get there. The fire department's there and, and all these other agencies, state troopers and everybody, we got the place surrounded. So I saw where the guy went up there, insulation. Well, six-year-old girl said a man went into my closet and he, and he didn't come back out. So so I look up there in the attic. I go back out to my car. I get my dog, put a uh, his harness on get the rope. I went up there and I asked the fire department if they could give me something that I could wrap around these joists. So they gave me a daisy chain. It's a long strap with loops sewn into it. So I got that. I got a single pulley and a a, uh, a carabiner. So I climbed up there to the opening and rigged that up and then went went back out, got my dog, put a muzzle on him, came back in with him. I climbed up there, ran the rope through, and I asked the sheriff and the state trooper, pull my dog up to me so he pulls him up to me and i take the muzzle off and we clear it as we're clearing the apartment building blown in insulation so the dog's working he gets all the way to the the very last opposite end of where i started and there's insulation cleared around the opening of the attic so i figured that he went down into that area but we cleared the rest of the attic went back down and i left a sheriff on the ladder We went down to the apartment where this guy would have come out. And uh, once I gave my warnings at the front door, this guy pops out of the the closet into the attic again. The sheriff sees him. He goes back down. Anyway, end up clearing the house or clearing the apartment. My dog ends up biting him in a closet. When we go to the hospital, it's really crazy. It seems like everybody, if you ever have a dog bite, people aren't mad at you. It's like you're blood brothers now or something. I don't know what the connection is, but they don't seem like they're mad at you, you know, because, you know, they always say, well, listen, that, that dog's just doing it. He's just doing his job and this and that. So when I got to the hospital to, to, you know, do my pictures and take my report, we had a little rapport going on, and I said, man, how did you get away so much? How did you get away? He said, well, you know, my uh, when I'm wanted and they come to my house, I go up into the attic, and my girl locks that lock back up there again. And when she lets them search for me, and obviously I'm up there, so I get away with it. He said, oh, "That's the other thing I forgot to tell you." When I when I got up there to the to his opening, there was uh, marijuana and scales and money all around the the that opening. So he was dealing out of there. So he said, "I know you saw my stuff out there when I'm holding, you know, and selling dope." He said they do that knock thing and i said you mean like a knock and talk he goes yeah they knocked he said he saw my stuff he said i just put that lock back on there and in both times he says when they ask about the lock he says only management has the key to that so the search ends there you know so i mean it, you know it's, it's pretty smart on his part you know but when we search these these places you know we're we're, we're, we're only thinking you know one you know, just one level, basement, whatever. We're not thinking about that level that's above us. That's we're losing money and we're losing, you know, dope and everything else. You know, what I mean, so, you know, that's that's another thing that we just haven't tackled. We don't have a plan for. So after I finished with all of that, the next day I went and me and another guy I drew this claw that I, you know, that I invented here. I, I invented this claw and I taught, you know, I want it to look like a can opener, you know, that, so, and I want to be able to do it with my feet on the ground, so I can put this claw up there with a, maybe a paint pole, and that's how we do it, so uh, we're able to lock onto any lumber, whatever it is, two-inch lumber that's up there, and we can safely lift the dog up and, and, and down, and, um, you know, your feet are on the ground, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, tall or short, you can get the dog up there and out of there, you know, so uh, it was just out of necessity, you know, I was like, man, you know, you can jump out of airplanes and climb mountains but you can't go 10 feet to do your job you know and there's something wrong with that you know so it's the reason
0: why anybody of any size or strength is because it's a pulley system right
2: exactly yeah there's a uh, yeah it's a 3-1 pulley system so uh you're able to pull up there and 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 you know uh if it was a one-to-one pulley you'd be lifting whatever your dog weighed but because we right. have the mechanical advantage on that it makes it so much easier you know uh, i've seen you know, uh, smaller handlers, you know, uh, lift up 85, 90-pound dogs up into the attic, you know, so it's lifted a 105-pound shepherd named Bear, uh, lifted him up once. Yeah, so it's, uh, it really, it keeps you from getting hurt, you know, we're not getting any younger, and it's not getting any safer, but, you know, this is the best way, I believe,
0: and the safest way to get the dog in and out, you know. So, I just want to, I know that there there are plenty of people that have seen the seen it work and seen you demo it at places like hits and some of the other probably you were at hold the line too. So for those folks that haven't seen it, it's, it is a mechanical device that it's like almost like jaws and it's attached to a paint pole. And I'm just, I'm being very trying to intentionally being descriptive. And so Mm -hmm. you, you access through the hole in the attic, you look for a joist, a wooden joist, and then you use that paint pole and claw to, to latch onto that right onto a, a joist and that's your anchor basically there's you're yeah. going to use through the pulley system which attaches to the dog's harness and you pretty much the harness has to be what it, what would this specs of this harness have to be most harnesses work but you also use a is it a swedish seat hey folks we're proud to have hold the line K9 conference as a supporter and sponsor of the working dog depot podcast Joe Lukowski and staff are already securing vendors and presenters for the seminar in April. That's April 9th, 10th, and 11th in a brand new location. That's right, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We are especially excited about that. It's going to cut our travel time in half, and there's nothing like being in the Carolinas in early April. That's Hold the Line Canon Conference. We're very much looking forward to being there and hope to see you all there. Thank you.
2: Yeah, so I had a harness uh, when I was developing this. I put up a a mock attic in my in in my barn, and uh, when I was lifting my own dog, I'm going to get graphic here, okay? Yeah. <laughs> when I was lifting my own dog up, I, I had a harness that did not have a uh, Swiss seat, and as I was uh, lifting the dog up, the harness slid up. And it was kind of like fat guy in a little coat and he was hanging on and it was my own dog. And I was doing it myself. I was actually lifting dog myself with this. And as he got up there, he started straining and he expressed his anal glands all over me. So uh, I realized at that point that I need to do something a little bit better because i don't need that to happen all the time and that's enough to not want you that's enough to make you not want to ever do that again you know so sure. so i went to um i, I looked at ray allen and uh, they had a uh, this icon harness uh, It it's really easy to put on and a lot of good features and uh, yep. but it also had the uh, the swiss seat attachment that you just uh, clip on and basically you know we lift the dog up uh, at basically like a 45 degree angle and it's you know if you're handing your child a baby to somebody, you know you your hands underneath their butt, and you kind of hand them like that, and that's the way we like to lift a dog. It, it, it's an, it enables the dog to get into a smaller opening too. You know, if, if you're flat, if you're if you're if your dog is completely horizontal, as you're lifting it, their head or their butt's going to hit that opening. Whereas if you angle them, at you know, at, with the attachment point between their shoulder blades. As as you lift them up, they can actually reach and get their get their footing with their front feet, and then once they get their back feet on there, we'll pull the release cord and let them start clearing. So, I talked to a guy from another agency, and he, when I asked him about doing a, a uh, an attic deployment, I was training his 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 unit. Everybody was in his organization. I was running everybody through that. And, uh, and I said, have you ever done one of these? And he said, I'll never do another one. I said, what happened? I thought something really bad happened, you know, and he said, man, I was, I got my dog up and lifted, you know, got got my dog up into an attic and uh, he got an apprehension up there. And then when I was trying to bring him out, I was trying to, you know, push him into the hole and, 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 you know, get him out through that same opening. And, um, he was resistant, and he kept backing, 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 you know, and, and I was trying to force him, and it was hot and everything, and just trying to get him out of that hole, and uh, and eventually, he just really kind of got aggravated, and started trying to push him in there, and the dog fired on him, and he ended up having to choke his own dog off uh, of a full-mouth bite on, off of his arm, and, um, and I said, well, how did you... How did you get him out? You know, once you got him off of you, how did you get him out? You know, and he said, I was so frustrated. I went outside, got my tracking line for my car, went back up there, hooked him up and yanked him out of the ceiling, you know. And I was like, and I was like, dude, that is like a $10,000 dog, you know, I and mean, I can't believe, wow. So I said, try this and I promise you it'll be, it'll be better. I, you know, just, just trust me on this, you know. So I hooked him up, lifted the dog up, went through the exercise, lowered the dog back down very easily you know and at the end of it you know he said man where where were you three years ago you know when all this happened i wish i wish i'd known you three years ago you know mm-hmm. and uh, the the truth about it is you can find out who the boss is real fast when you're mm-hmm. up there and you know it doesn't make any sense to the dog that you're trying to i'm trying to help you get out of here it doesn't they don't get that you know what they're thinking is Hey, you're trying to push me in ten feet, something that's ten feet down there, and and I'm not having it, you know. So mm-hmm. you can find out who the boss is real fast, you know, uh, yeah. by by trying
0: that. I know that what I've seen you do with the device is that it's been more of a dynamic. Put them up there, go make an apprehension, but I would imagine you could also use that as a means of getting the dog to go up and do detection. Absolutely, so uh, uh, you know, have a purpose.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I touched on it earlier that you know uh, this guy that we, that that, uh, that that we caught up there, he's dealing dope out of there, you know, and and you know people are hiding drugs and money and and, and themselves, you know. So yeah, uh, it doesn't have to be, you know. When I made that video on our website, I needed video right now, you know, because we were getting ready to launch all this, and and I needed a video right now. So I got lucky that uh, my department was able to. You know get my swat guys together and 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 so everything looks like this is a swat thing all the time and and that's and that's not that's not the way it is you know in in louisville doing a doing a um, an attic search with a dog is just part of things we do you know it's not it doesn't you don't have to have guys geared out and all that stuff this can just be a hey, research searching a building you know so uh uh but yeah a hundred percent detection and and you know the only difference is when you when you're training your dog to do this is his reward you know he's not going over to get a bite you know send him up there and once he gets up there you know fire his ball to him or his toy or his tug or whatever it is you know that's that's and that just that just lets him know that hey this is just another floor for us to search you know that's that, that's all it is you know I run into where I have my most resistance is is older trainers you know like older trainers who are like and they're like oh that's that's a SWAT call out that's a confined space and that's that's a SWAT call out and I'm like why is that you know and well it's it's a confined space and if you can if you can you know just kind of bear with me on this if you took this room and you've got your attic opening it's up there, if you rotated this room a quarter turn, that opening becomes a window and we would send dogs in a window after a bad guy or whatever all day long. Right. Mm-hmm. If you rotated it again and it becomes a cellar opening or a crossface opening, we send them in a crossface space all day long, you know? Mm-hmm. So to say that, that, you know, I think, I think it's just a, a way out for them because, you know, they don't have a plan for that. But in reality, that opening up there, the opening in the attic is once you put the dog up there, it's just another floor for them to search. They don't understand. They don't know that, oh, man, I'm up in a ceiling now. All this is you give them that command to go clear that, and that's what they're going to do, you know, and, it, and it, it really does click in like that. So, you know, like I said, rotate, if you rotate the situation, you know, to the side or the bottom or whatever, it's all the same. You know, it's, 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 it's just another floor, you know.
0: That makes sense.
1: Well, and and also, doesn't it? It's going to also talk about what's the person wanted for before it becomes a SWAT call out. You know, what, what are right. you looking for here? How dangerous is this guy? Or are you just looking for drugs? So there's the, those multiple applications that some can. That this one piece of equipment can be useful,
0: yeah. right? I mean, yeah. gas will solve some of that, but gas isn't going to find the drugs, <laughs> right? Well, you know, and at the end of the day, you know,
2: uh, you know, a lot of times we think that that the dog is. Has to be the end dog. Oh, can't you send that dog in to do this or whatever? And and you know we're locating. You know our dogs are locating tools. You know, but you know if it's too dangerous, if you if it's too dangerous for a dog to go up there, then then don't send a man up there. You know, I mean, do we have to get this guy today? You know, what are we really trying to accomplish here? You know, I mean, but. One hundred percent, you know, like that's why you know the company's first in, you know, dogs are first in, they go before us, you know, and that's what we do, you know, and it just, it's really, it just kind of gets frustrating, you know, when when we 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 don't use this tool like we could, you know, I mean they're they're you know we we would use them any other time, but not up there. Well, that's mm-hmm. it's uh that's when we need them, you know, that's when we need them.
0: So you are providing training on a regular basis or have been providing training on a regular basis at Von Lick. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I got you know, I've known, uh, obviously I've known Kenny since uh, 99, you know, I got my first dog up there Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, we've been friends, you know, you know, since then, you know, and uh, so I was at one of the, it was, I think it may have been hits. He was there. And I see him all at all these, you know, these places and, and, uh, he, he approached me and he said, you know, I want you to come up to my place and I want you to build what you need up here. And I want you to run every every new handler and every new dog that we run through this. My classes, I want to, you to teach them how to do this. You know, I've been very fortunate. You know, I went up there and I built what I needed. So every time they have a, every six weeks, you know, I go up there and, uh, and I'll train the new dogs and handlers, not just on my, on my, uh, my system. I train them how to do the shoulder lift, climbing up a ladder and, and, you know, try to minimize your exposure, uh, what the role of the second guy behind you to be able to push the dog's butt so you can keep your head out of you don't really want to play Michael uh, you know whack-a-mole we don't want that to happen mm-hmm. so trying to get your head out of the way and having that guy push him up I teach him that and then I teach him the shield lift so you know that's another that's a whole another thing and and um you know when, when I look at it it's great if you have a shield and it's great if you have five people you know that can be in that area you know uh, but the first time that I used this on the street you know I was in a walk-in closet that was so cluttered that 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 wouldn't have worked, you know. So mm-hmm. so again, the training. Let's put the dog on a shield and raise him up there. And it sounds like a great idea, and it sounds like you know something that should be so easy, until you put the dog on a shield that is not always flat. It's they're curved, and the thing's moving, and then you get four people around them bending over them. You know, I mean, sometimes that can be a recipe for disaster. You know, um, right. you know if that dog you know has any. of drive any kind of rank drive you know and you get over them like that you know you might get punched or bit in the face or whatever you know and there's there's pros and cons you know to to all of these methods you know you know but i teach all those i teach all three of those and and i like to show my system and show them that it is the easiest best way you know to get the dog in and out of that attic you know uh i actually went as far as lowering you know simulating lowering a suspect out of an attic after they've been apprehended you know because you know, how do you get him out? You know, if he's handcuffed up there, how do you get him out? Do you have to do you have to unhandcuff him and have him walk down these stairs? You know, what do you do? You know, and, and I put a harness on the, on the, uh, the suspect in training, put a harness on him and lowered, lifted and lowered him out of the attic to someone that's waiting down there. So he's completely secured and there's no chance of injury for him or, you know, or us, you know, why, you know, why I have to deal with him or why I have to handcuff him
0: twice, you know? So Something we play with, you know. Very good. Well, that gives you a lot of good exposure going up there and doing that, for sure.
1: I think you mentioned something earlier. Where, you know, all this, you know, training and on the street is not the first time to ever put your dog in an attic, right? All of these methods should be trained and worked on prior to any type of deployment. I mean, that's we think that's common sense. But you know, from the story you told me about the guy trying to get his dog back out of the hole, probably the first time he'd ever done it. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, the dog doesn't have any idea what's going on because he's never experienced it,
2: right? I video. Um, so I video every one of these training sessions and usually I put them on Instagram on my website, on our website. But I, I do that so that people will see that when I lift these dogs up, you wouldn't know one dog from the other because every dog, when they go up there, there there's no struggle and, and they get it. You know, they see, you know, we put them up there and there's a decoy up there and he goes after him and you know, it's like it's almost like they have an aha moment when they get up there they're like, what's going on? Once their feet touch the ground up there, they're like, they see the decoy. Oh, I know what time it is. And then they go after it. But yeah, 100%, you know, and I, I try to, I tell them this in the class, you know, you know, you've had exposure, you know, I've exposed you and your dog to this, you know, because it's a lonely feeling to have a bunch of people on a real situation, look at you and say, what can you do for us? You know, and that's, 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 that's a bad situation. So at least this way, I've got the you know the uh, the ladder climb, the shield lift, and our system here. So it's you know we're able to we're able to get them three different ways at least, and and reps. We'll do reps with you. You know, so I try to get as, as much exposure as I can in one day and in you know four hours. But uh, it's better than he's the only one that's doing this in there in, in the basic class. You know, there's nobody. In the uh, you know uh, across the United States that I know of, that's doing anything like this, you know. So, I think it's great for him, you know. And I appreciate you, Ken's. You know, when you say his name, you know, I mean he's he, you know, he's been doing it a long time, you know, and everybody knows him, you know. So it's I've been really fortunate and honored that he was a you know brought me on like that
0: and took you know took that chance with me. I, I was just here. I was just thinking. I hadn't really thought about this before, but I would imagine that for the dog. Now, we talk about cues and we talk about uh, rituals when we get ready to do specific things with our dogs to kind of clue them in as to what they're about to do. It probably does not take many reps for a dog once he has once he's clipped onto his harness and his feet come off the ground and he goes through that hole that he figures out what he's up there to do. If it's to bite somebody, it probably, I imagine that is a very, very quick. That he catches on very quickly to that whole concept because there absolutely. aren't many things that you do with a dog. That, well, there's nothing that you do with a dog that's like that. So, if he has a couple reps where he gets hooked up, feet come off the ground, he goes through that narrow up, and he's probably looking for a man very quickly,
2: absolutely. You know, uh, you know, I would imagine that that you know, you know, they're seeing that that hole as a reward, you know, whether it be right. Uh, off your shoulder or off of this you know when, when you do the shield lift you know uh lifting a dog up as he starts to go through starts to go up towards that that opening if if he's got a bite in there or a reward going up towards that he'll he'll actually try to launch off of the shield early you know he wants right. to get up there and get you know get to work so absolutely you know once once i get him through the hole and his there they're actually you know grabbing on to that opening not to try to save themselves but they know what's waiting up there they know what's ready what what they're going into so it's uh after you get the first one the rest of them are easy you know but you know it, it, but it's just like anything it's it takes familiarization you know it's going to take familiarization with that dog you know and he associates that with with something good that he enjoys what i tell people is is you know before you ever go to the attic Go to a pavilion, you know, uh, that has uh, all these uh, exposed beams and joists and lift your dog up there. You know, you don't have to release them, obviously, but lift them up and get them used to being, you know, held there and let them know that, hey, you know, this is a good thing. You know, that that uh, and it familiarizes them with being in that harness and having people around him and handling him, you know. So, you know, it's, it's everything, you know, this. you both know this whether it be a, a tracking ritual or, or, you know, you're given, you know, the rituals that we go through, you know, given a warning before you go into a place or given uh, having a dog do a certain thing before you start a drug search, you know, uh, the way you say it, you know, I mean, all of that, it's all rituals, you know? So, so yeah, once, you, once they associate, once they've done this one time, they're like, I know what time it is when it, when I get up here, you know? So. Well, do you have any future plans my future plans. Uh, I'm actually talking to a uh, a company. Like right now, everything that I'm doing is word of mouth uh, up at Von Lick, you know, through them and uh, and you know social media. But I'm actually reaching out to a uh, a, a Canine product company and uh, talking about getting in, maybe trying to get in their magazine and get some more exposure that way. You know, right now I work as I work as hard as I want to, I guess, you know, with, with you know, working full time and, and everything that's going on in, in my life, you know, so, but that's, that's the next step, you know, and just, you know, I don't, I don't feed my family with this, you know, so it, it gives me a little bit of leeway, you know, but, you know, I want people to know that it's out there, you know, and, and uh-huh. that, you know, it's, it's an easier way, you know, to, uh, uh to do this, you know, but uh, my plans are, you know, I, this keeps me, I'm not handling a dog now, you know, I'm, right. I'm working a day work uh, shift, you know, so, and this keeps me in the, the canine loop, you know, and uh, and I like to be able to tweak this a little bit. What's crazy? I just got approached by a guy who is a equine dentist, okay, and and he said that he could use this claw to hold a horse's head still and support it while they're doing equine dentistry, you know. So I'm like, you know, everybody else has great ideas about it. hey, you could do this and you could do that, you know. I mean, hell, you know, I've heard people. Field dressing deer and lifting their lawnmower up so they can change the blades underneath it. You know what I mean? So I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, screwdrivers are not made for, uh, you know, opening paint cans, but it works. You know, so that's kind yeah. of how yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> but, well, there's uh, some, some other applications available, but you know, don't don't lift your lawnmower up and get under it. Yeah, man.
2: <laughs> you know, yeah, you know how cops are, man. You know, they're, they'll they'll try. They're, they're gonna push the envelope, you know, but uh we're really lucky man uh not lucky but you know I overbuilt it you know so the ones that I'm li- using up at up at Von Lick I'm I'm I use the same system and I've lifted over four hundred dogs with this one system and these harnesses you know so I've lifted over four hundred dogs in, in on the street and and in my training. So uh it, it's it's built to last, you know. So never had and since we started in twenty fifteen I haven't had one one part sent back to me to be replaced, you know, so uh, uh, that's that, you know, kind of tells me that I've, I've built it right, and, uh, you know, we did it right the first time, you know, so it's, yeah. it's a good, good feeling, you know.
1: Very nice, very nice. Very cool. Well, Eddie, we're, we want to be respectful of your time, but do you have any, other than the Von Lick thing, do you have any courses that people can get with you to – to, to, run through this or,
2: you know, I have them, uh, uh anybody I talk to, uh, I don't set any courses up just because of my work schedule, but I'll reach out to, uh, to canine units and I let them know that, you know, what's your training group look like? You know, if somebody is interested in this training, you know, I have a box set up, uh, that I can actually bring a mock attic to you, you know, and, and, and train your, train your dogs or your, your group, you know, it helps out if, if, if they buy, You know uh, a system or a couple of systems whatever it is it helps offset the you know the expenses you know uh, for me to do that but uh you know my my thing is you know I, i want people to i want them to know we're out there and i want them to know that this works for every dog you know it's hard to say that you know this is this works for this thing works for every dog you know, so um, so I, I'm i reaching out to, uh, you know, some uh, NAPWADA, you know, uh, they're, they're aware of us and I've done some training with them and I reach out to individuals, you know, when I see people that are doing something tactical, you know, I'll reach out and go, hey, if you need me to train your guys on this, I'll come do that, you know. So uh, I just kind of enjoy it, you know, and, and, and uh, like I said, it keeps me relevant, you know, and keeps me in the canine thing and, and, you know, hanging out with you guys and so you know, it's all good. It is. Absolutely. No, well, it was good to see you again. You too. You too. think, uh, I haven't set it up yet, but hopefully, uh, I'm th- thinking about this, uh, California, CNCA, the California narcotics canine association. I'm looking at that maybe in January. Uh, I haven't, I haven't set anything up with him yet. I probably do hits again in, uh, New Orleans this time, next summer. So, uh, but, you know, whatever pops up, if it, if it catches my attention, you know, if, if I think it's going to be a good draw, you know, or if somebody notifies me, you know, uh, that kind of leads me. I kind of go where I think I'm needed, you know. You know, so uh, I, I, I can't talk about this without talking about, you know, so, some bad situations, you know, that um, – and, and it kind of drives me to keep pushing this, you know, where guy, Sean Gannon, that, you know, got killed in Massachusetts. And, you know, it's just one of those things is it really – this regret i have regret that 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 i never met him and i have and I regret that they didn't have this they have it now you know i donated a system up to their department really uh it's hard to talk about you know but uh, again you know uh, i gave them once i never want that to happen again you know i don't want that uh, i never put money in front of an officer's safety you know and uh, and that's that's why like i said you know i don't feed the family with this but you know uh, this is a hard job, you know, it's a hard job. And, and uh, I want to make that easier, you know, but, um, you know, a couple of bad situations, you know, that I wish, I wish they'd have had this or had a plan, you know, but, you know, sometimes it's a, you know, you're, you're the ringleader of the, uh, of the craft show, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's just on you, you know, but I'll go anywhere and do anything, you know, so
1: <laughs> yeah, if it helps out. Man, we appreciate you taking your time to sit down tonight and talk to us about your system and, by your experience, we really appreciate it. Hope you know, the guys out there got a little something for it.
2: I'm honored, you know, that you uh, that you asked me, and uh, this is my first one. I hope I didn't mess it up too bad. You did fine. You did yeah, fine. Sure so
1: it's uh, very low key around here. It's all good.
2: It's, I appreciate I appreciate the opportunity, and 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 thanks. And I will see you in the future. Okay, absolutely. All right.
1: Well, hey, not a bad podcast. Thanks for carrying me tonight. You and Eddie did. I'm starting to lose my voice about three quarters of the way through that one. So. Appreciate it.
0: No problem. We uh, talked earlier. It looks like this is going to be our last episode of the of our first season. So we're coming up on our, our anniversary. So the next episode will be season two. Season two. All right. 28 episodes down.
1: Yeah. For anybody that's listening, we really do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, write in or send us the emails or texts or some social media. DM us about some things that you'd like to see next season.
0: Very good. I've got uh, at least three or four people that I have contacted that have agreed to come on, and they're all very uh, well-known people in the industry, and they have not been uh, overly interviewed, which is, is good. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's always good to bring a fresh
0: face. Yes. So tonight we have Heaven Hill Bottled in Bond. I am new to the Heaven Hill experience. Yeah. It's a good one. It, well, it's not bad, for sure. Yeah. So apparently that's
1: a pretty big company. Bond 100 proof, right? It is 100 proof. You see, bottle and bond is 100 proof. Good stuff. Well, my friend, as always, here's the hair of the dog that bit you. Thanks so much, you guys, for following along, supporting us, and listening to these wonderful conversations that Howard and I are just blessed to have each and every day. We'd like to thank and support all of our first responders police, fire, EMS, and our military for once again, holding the line, keeping us safe. Stay safe, brothers and sisters. We love you, God bless, and God bless America.